Hey yo, what it do? Welcome back to the Daily 59th Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Louis LaRocco, and today I bring out a very, very special guest. Coming back, welcoming to the island, my uh, my main man, uh, Benny Levine. How you been, brother? Pretty good, how about you? Dude, I'm happy you came onto the air. Um, you know, Let me just introduce this guy a little bit. Uh, Purdue Boilermaker. I mean, my man, Ben, right there, you know. You know, ha- talk about that a little bit before we really get into the podcast. How was it going to Purdue? It's been going pretty well. The sport's pretty good. Um, not the greatest, but it's been doing pretty well. Um, good classes. Uh, I got into uh, my major because I was not admitted at first, but I am now in. Oh, uh, you, you got you got into the, you got into the major? Yeah, I got into uh, mechanical engineering. Dude, congr- dude, congratulations! That's incredible. Thanks, dude. That's incredible, dude. No, you know, let me. Well, you know, we'll hop into that right in a second. But you know, you you brought up the sports, and you know, you said, hey, you know, they weren't the best. But how was that experience tailgating? You know, talk a little bit about that. It's honestly a lot different than I thought it would be. I thought it would be similar to professional sports. But it really isn't. Like the student section, whenever you go to a college game, especially Big Ten like Purdue, yeah, it's just something that you can't really explain. Yeah, like our basketball arena is one of the loudest in the country, and that's crazy. It's just awesome to be at one of those games in person. TV does not do it any justice. <laughs> Dude, that's that must have been awesome hanging out with all the friends, student section. Watching the game, you know, basketball is pretty good. How how was it watching the basketball games? It was really cool, honestly. Um, some games I was even able to get into the lower section, so it was pretty much right up on the court. But uh, our arena, Mackey Arena, is really like it's a smaller arena. I think it's 14,000 feet, so which is somewhat small for a basketball hockey size arena, but man, does it, it does it get loud? I was just gonna say how game versus. It must have been for, so was loud. Virginia at home in November. I think we were, they were the fifth seed. We were not ranked. But I think that was like the fourth or fifth loudest game that's ever been recorded at Mackey. That's insane. It must have been yeah. nuts. <laughs> you know, but what, you know, you went to a couple football games, I remember too. How was the difference between yeah. the basketball and the football games, you know, pregame and stuff? Uh, I mean, for me, I didn't really do much pregame besides show up to the game an hour early. Mm-hmm. But football was, at least when it was nice outside, it was just really nice to be there. You could see the guy, everyone warming up. You could hang out with friends in the bleachers. Now, you know, uh, let's talk about that a little. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that with the weather. You know, said you said it was nice. Now, Purdue, this is in Indiana, right? Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. So it's literally in the middle of nowhere, you know. Explain that transition from being a Long Island City type kid from now moving out into the absolute country no man's land. Well, Purdue actually does a great job at just keeping it like a city or uh, group type atmosphere. Okay. Honestly, I didn't leave campus much, but there's a neighboring town, and I mean, honestly, once you leave past there, it's pretty much just corn and windmills. But within those two towns, it feels like you're in a bigger place. Like, Purdue has 50,000 plus people. Neighboring town has more. So, it's somewhat similar to where I am now, but obviously, you're living in a dorm, so if you have a roommate, uh, it's a smaller room, but honestly, Purdue does a great job at, like, 
was working with everyone, and making everyone feel like they're at home. Was it more like you were saying, like, what was around Purdue to like to do? Was there grocery stores? Like, how would you get how would you get your supplies? Yeah, there was, you know, uh, three, I think three WalMarts. There was a Target. Um, there's actually a new Target that just opened up on campus. So there's two Targets, um, and there's just other stores. Um, they had uh, markets within. Uh, some of the dorms, so you could go buy candy, cereal, drinks, stuff like that. Oh, wow. And without, without, without having to leave campus, as well as all the dining halls. How was the food? How was the food? It honestly could have been a lot worse. It was really not that bad. Uh, they had some decent pizza. Um, how were the, the chicken? How was the yeah. chicken tenders? Yeah, they were pretty good, but... The only problem was that they didn't have them often, so you'd get them maybe once a week. Oh. If that's something that you wanted, yeah. Because I know you're definitely a picky eater, Ben. So, you know, what were you mostly eating throughout the day? I mean, some days, like, I'd have classes straight through lunch, so I would not wind up eating lunch, and I don't normally eat breakfast, so I'd just go for dinner. Um, you must have been starving. A couple snacks that I had in my dorm room. Uh, then I'd have somewhat larger dinner than I normally would. Um, that, but, I, I mean, no, yeah, it's you got. Know, you I... always find something to eat. Purdue has an app that tells you what food is where, so you can always find something that you want to eat. Okay, I understand what you're saying with that, because I, you know, I always wondered, because you know, when I was over before I transferred to Suffolk, and I was at Westbury, and we were all there, and you know, the dorms, um, you know, it's it's different as, and you know, if I wanted to go home. You know, I'm an hour away from from my house, so I could have drove home. How was that being? I mean, how far is it? Like, how many hours? What, what is it away from home? I think it's a 13, 13 and a half hour drive or so. So how but was I, it's not like you? I've never, never driven there. I can't you fl- do that. You fly. Yeah, I always fly. And you know, how is that? You know. Is there, you know, does the homesick thing kick in at all? Or is it just like, you know, like, this is how it is. I'm here for here on out. I mean, I've done, like, past two summers before college. Uh, so not between senior year and college, but between 10th and 11th, or 9th and 10th and 10th and 11th. I did uh, some summer camps that were away from home for two or three weeks. So I was already kind of used, and they're on uh, college campuses. So I was already kind of used to living on a college campus with a roommate in a small room. Okay. It's just a matter of actually going there for a longer period of time. And how was the roommate situation? You had uh, one roommate, two, what, how many were in a room? I, yeah, so the dorm that I was in, there was pretty much only double, so I had one roommate. Did it end up going well? You, how, how was the roommate issue? Was it, was it cool? How did that go? I mean... So I wasn't a huge fan of my roommate, but I dealt with him for. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> oh my god! I mean, but, yeah, he was. He, honestly, he wasn't that bad. He could have been worse. Oh well, yeah, of course. Anything could have been worse. I mean, a little like when I was away with in the dorms, it was uh, it was my baseball team. So you know, obviously, it was much different. It was all my boys, not like yeah, yeah it's you know how. You meet someone for the first day, and you're like, "Well, this is this is my new partner for the next, you know, four months." You know, it's a little yeah. different with that. You know, how was the, uh, you know, talking a little still about the school and the schoolwork? How was the transition from high school APs to now this heavy dose of college work? How'd you think it was? Uh, it was good. Um, I mean, I, I 
afraid. So I mean, some of my classes there wasn't as much work as others, but it was definitely harder than high school classes. It was. I can say that. Yeah. So you had you you would say that it was a it was more of a difficult time with the workload. I would say so. Yeah. So but, I mean, I was also. I mean, I think it. I might have had a somewhat easier schedule than some other people. I, I didn't have too much trouble. Mm-hmm. Just just semesters because a lot of these classes were similar to the ones I took in high school. Okay. But it was definitely it was definitely the classes were definitely harder than their AP counterparts. And you were saying that uh, your major is the uh, mechanical engineering. How did you get into a field like that? So, uh, I mean, I've been doing robotics ever since fifth grade, and it's just what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm planning on doing mechanical with, like, a robotics track. Um, but the thing is, so at Purdue, they, when you get admitted into engineering, you get admitted into a just generalized engineering program. It's the same class for the 4,000 or so students a year and then at the end of your first year you get to pick what major you want to go into and Mm -hmm. then you have to get in uh but with everything that was happening uh generally you would need a 3.2 gpa or higher um to be guaranteed to get in you could still get in low but you're not guaranteed and if you're um but at least so this semester this year really uh, at least for mechanical, they're admitting everyone that gets a C or higher in all their classes or the pass or pass with the pass fail. Oh wow! So I I took all my classes for grades and I got these or high A's and B's. So oh, I so you're good, yeah. So you're in. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So how you know with this mechanical engineering, you know, um, degree that you're going for, and as in your major. How uh, does this work? As in, you need a master's for for the type of jobs that you're looking for. Do you need a bachelor's? Like, how long does uh, the degree last for you? Like, how long do you got to go for school for? I'm not 100 percent sure what exactly I'm going for. Obviously, at least the bachelor's, but uh, mm-hmm. master's is definitely in the picture. I'm not 100 percent sure if I'm gonna get it, but it's definitely a possibility. Do you see yourself staying at Purdue for the next four? At least. Oh, yeah. so so I'm Purdue Purdue is the master's. I'm definitely considering Purdue. But Purdue, you're getting the bachelor's there. You like it there. That's your place. Yeah, that would be definitely. So you just fell in love with it right away. You, man, that's got to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, how how is the how is the people that you definitely you got a nice little group of friends? Yeah, I actually got two friends that are right here on Long Island. Um, one's in Tomac, one Dixon Hills area, I believe. Oh, so awesome. They're all within like half an hour up here, which is great. And I know there are other people that are on my hand that go to Purdue. Oh, but that's, that's I'm great. I'm the only one from my school. So I, I might even be the only one from my district. You guys all in the same uh, major as well, or is it just you just met throughout like the schooling? How did you guys meet? Uh, both of them are in engineering, but they're not both in mechanical. Neither of them are in mechanical or trying to get into mechanical. You know. Let's keep talking about the school a little bit. I had this quick question. What was the uh, schedule like as in a uh, morning person where you had early morning classes? Did you have to wake up later? How was it? Not a chance. <laughs> no. I uh, tried to get my classes midday if possible. Okay. So sleeping in. I think first semester, my earliest class, I think, was 9.30. Okay. Um, was, I think, 9.30 three days a week, and then 
this semester at nine thirty every day. Oh really? Yeah. Now you take it Friday. Uh, next semester, or really the fall. Yeah. I think my earliest day starts at like ten thirty, and it starts at late, as late as one thirty. How was the transition like? How much notice did you guys get? As in, all right, COVID, there's a huge outbreak. You guys got to be sent home from the dorms, pack up your stuff. How much notice did you guys have? So, I think, so, it actually just happened to work out that the week that they were sending us home was spring break week. Mm-hmm. So, we were going home anyway. So, that, like, we kind of lucked out with that. But I believe they told us on Monday or Tuesday, the week before spring break, that Friday was going to be the last day of classes. Um, oh, you got lucky. So, yeah, you got lucky. Yeah, so, I got... But uh, I, me and my dad were talking, and we pretty much figured with sports leagues shutting down and everything that was happening, there was pretty much no chance that we were coming back. Um, so they said that we'd be home till at least April 6th. April 6th would be the first day if we do come back. Wow. Obviously, that never happened. But um, you... I wound up packing up before I left that Friday. Oh, so I was just going to uh, say, did you leave any stuff there, or did you bring all of it home? Yeah, I put a bunch of stuff in storage for the summer. Okay. And then you'll pack it back up and now... And when do you go back? I believe I'm going to be going back the twenty second of August because our classes start on August 24th. Oh, they start a little later. I think, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, right? This year's a little later. It's a little later. I remember you left a little earlier last summer. Yeah, I mean... So Purdue has a like one week uh, orientation that's called Boiler Gold Cross. So oh, okay, about yeah. a week earlier, and the schedule was pushed back a week because of leap year and how the days worked out. So you you had at least you got you know your stuff home. Do you know people that left their their you know their stuff there and they have to go back and stuff? Do you know anyone like that? that yeah, has... one of my friends from Rhode Island. Uh, she left all her stuff there, oh my and God. then there was like a two day period where they drove 13 hours there packed up all our stuff and came back oh my god that's nuts yeah that must have been a train wreck yeah you know I would not be happy if I had to do that yeah that's a train wreck and you you know how was flying home were you wearing a mask no um so that was actually when airplane traffic started to decline so I had two flights because that was the way that worked out. Um, I flew to Baltimore, and then from Baltimore, I flew to Long Island. Okay. But each plane was less than half full, or maybe about half full, and I had a full load of myself both times. Oh, that's so awesome. For me, it was not an issue. Yeah. I didn't have any masks at the time, so it's not like I could have worn one. You know, speaking of the masks, I want to have you talk about this, so I won't, I re- I won't really touch on it. I'll let you do it. But... um. You know, explain what you were doing with the 3D printing and and the masks. Yeah, so um, I'm in the 3D printing community business, so to say. Um, I have, or I had two printers before this all started that were working. I've had five different printers before this all started. Wow. Um, but then when this showed up, there's uh, so many people started making masks and shields so i pretty much just followed in their footsteps and uh i'm using a model from someone called 3d Verkstam, mm-hmm. and it gives 
it's a little visor that takes about 45 minutes to print on my printers. Um, okay. So I wound up buy one printer myself. Um, and then through a GoFundMe, I was able to get two more printers and uh, materials for about 3,000 shields uh, worth of materials. So, so far, I've personally made about 1,400. I've donated 1,400. And I have another one or two hundred that will hopefully be going out soon. Um, and then I was able to get filament to six or seven other people um, that have made at least five hundred so far. Dude, that's incredible. So, that's incredible. You got to be. That's incredible, dude. I mean, that's. You just got the idea from seeing, you know, oh, you know, I have this. I have this equipment. Why not do something good with it? Exactly. That's so smart. And now, how many printers do you have now? So now I got five printers running pretty much 24-7 downstairs. And then I got one printer that it's not going to really be able to help with the shields, but it's just a different type of printer that I wanted, that I've wanted for a while coming, that was supposed to be here today, but with all the delays, it's coming next week. Um, But so I'll have five printers or six printers, but at least for the moment, but uh, those two printers that I got through the donation money, uh, I'm gonna wind up donating them to somewhere most likely like a maker space where a lot of people can get good use out of them after this is all over. How did you get into the 3D printing? Is it you know how you know that's my question? Like I'm not I don't really know much about the robotics. Are they are they newer? How long have they been out? You know when did you get into it? So 3D printers have been around since, I believe, the 80s, but mm-hmm. there have been a whole bunch of patents placed on them, so it wasn't really available to consumers for a long while. Okay. I believe in 2009, the RepRap movement started, which was pretty much 3D printing your own 3D printers, okay. at least parts of them. Um, so that started all back in, like, 2009. Uh, I started picking up popularity uh, over the next couple of years. I believe I got my first printer in 2015, but... It didn't really pick up a bunch of steam, so like there was printers that were getting cheaper. So my first one was four hundred, but wow, obviously the, you you get what you pay for. That one was okay; it lasted for a year or two, but I wound up scrapping it for parts because it just stopped working. <laughs> but now I've got printers that I can trust. But there's like at some point there was like a race to the bottom with price for printers. So okay. yeah. there's some printers like the new ones that I just got off for making all the shields that were only two hundred dollars. Oh, and for okay. Printer that'll work well. So over time, the price has come down, especially with more and more people. Okay. Printers. I know what you're saying. They're able to scale up and get volume. And now you said you have five printers. You started a GoFundMe account for the uh, to like to mass produce more masks coming out. Is that what the basis behind the GoFundMe was? Pretty much, I uh, use the money to buy the supplies. So, like the filament that the printers use, I need I need to buy more than that. I can get about sixty-five shields per roll, which is twenty to thirty dollars each. And okay. I buy the actual shield part uh, so that it actually functions as a face shield because the visor does no good. Uh, it needs to be paired with the sheet that protects the doctors and nurses that are using them. That's incredible. How 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 long you've been doing the uh, how long have you doing been doing this with the mask for now? I've been doing it for five or six weeks now. 
And it's just a non-stop, 24-7, you said, type thing, like the machine's working. Pretty much. I mean, I've, some of the furniture have gone down at some point. Like, one point I had almost, I think, either four or five of them down, like, all at once, which kind of sucked. Okay. But I've been trying to, whenever they go down, I try to service them as soon as possible to keep printing. That's incredible. Does the 3D printing... Um, does this kind of tie into your mechanical engineering major? Is this uh, is this similar to like the field that you want to get into when you're older? So obviously, a 3D printer is also kind of a robot, but what it's great for is just making prototype parts. So instead of spending however many thousands on an injection molded part, you can either mass produce or prototype something in days or hours instead of weeks with traditional manufacturing. So if I wanted to make something, like let's say a joint for a robot, I could test it out with a 3D printer, print it in, let's say, a day, and then I can see if it works and then proceed with making it out of metal, which would, which would obviously be a lot more expensive, especially if it didn't work. And then it just kind of benefits yeah. whoever's making it. You save a lot of money and time. That is definitely so. saving a ton of money. It's got to be saving yeah. a ton, yeah. Do you have a, uh, did you get to bring a 3D printer uh, uh, over to Purdue or not? No, they don't. Well, I don't think it's like it in the dorms, but there's also not a lot of space in the dorms, so it's not like I'd really be able to put it anywhere. But there's also a uh, 3D printing club there, so if I really need anything, I can always go there. How big are these 3D printers? Um, so it depends on how big of a build size you want. So I have one that prints 12 inches by 12 inches by 16 inches, so that one's huge. But then I have, uh, I think the smallest one is really the one that's gonna be coming next week. That's mm -hmm. gonna be eight inches by eight inches by 12 inches. Giant. So it's smaller, it's a lot smaller than, like the, the footprint is eight by eight by 12 versus the build size is 12 by 12 by 16. Okay. So 12 by 12 by 16 build size is more like 16 by 24 by 30 or so inches. So it's a lot bigger than what it can actually print. It's definitely but, a very intricate system with all these, you know, parts in it and stuff. Not something... They're, they're actually pretty simple. It's, it's really just uh, three axes, one's on a screw pretty much. And two are just on rails. Really? And the motor pulls each one. Yeah, they're actually really simple once you break them down. That's insane. It just sounds so crazy that, you know, like this was yeah. always my question with it. When it's printing, what is like, is it plastic that it's melting out of? Like, like how is it being made? Yeah, so it's pretty much you buy a spool of plastic, which is plastic that's extruded to a certain diameter. So it's like round. Um, the most standard one is 1.75 millimeters. Okay. 1.75 millimeter diameter, and they're generally sold in like one kilogram quantities. Okay. Now, you know, so. definitely insane. Uh, happy that I got to get a little info out of that because, I mean, like I said, not my thing, but I think it's great that you're doing that with the, uh, with the, with the doctors. Where are you donating it to? Are you donating it to a hospital? Hospitals, um, any family, friends that are like nurses, doctors, pretty much anyone that's reached out that's doctors, nurses. Um, I started uh, 140 to a nursing home that had a bunch of 
infected patients. So some of them are in the patients there, um, the, just anyone in the nursing home, the doctors and staff there. So pretty much anyone that needs something to get use out of them is where they're going. We definitely applaud you for that, Ben. That, that's incredible. Um, what I want to switch over to the next point in the podcast for tonight is uh, I know you know with that electronic field, you know, same with the robotics. You're a big uh, you're a big Apple guy, am I right? Yeah. Big Apple guy, and I wanted to. I had a couple questions, you know, like uh, is there any new uh, news about any Apple products coming out? Um, well, actually, they just released a new 13 inch MacBook this week, I think it was on Tuesday. They did. Um, yeah, so, with, they've had a really bad keyboard for the last four years or so. Okay. Um, that they created, which seemed like it would be good, but, so with keyboards only, you know how you have like the key travel that you can feel it pressing? Yeah. Um, so they're, they were trying to make their laptops as thin as possible, so they made a really thin keyboard, which wound up so, at least in my opinion, I didn't like it because there was almost no key travel. So you could pretty much not tell if you were hitting the button. But then there was also a lot of issues with people having get dust or debris underneath and then the keys would get stuck. And Apple wound up having to recall it at least once um, where they had to like, bring everyone in and then replace them all for free because they just kept breaking, which was bad. And then a couple months ago, they released a new, they, instead of a 15-inch laptop, they replaced it with a 16-inch, and they replaced the keyboard with the old style that everyone knows and loves, pretty much. Um, oh, okay. So, but they only released a 16-inch one at that time. Uh, they just released the 13-inch model that's pretty much the same um, this week. So, now the lineup style is the same. Are you looking to get? Uh, your, are you looking to purchase it, or you already got one? You're good. Yeah. Um, so with engineering, generally, you, at least most of the CAD programs use Windows only. So I personally have a ASUS laptop right now. Okay. I do still have my? I did have a MacBook Pro as my first laptop, and I still have that. I bought myself this. Uh, I think it was like 1100 at the time at Microsoft. Uh, what, what's the Microsoft one called? Surface, is it? Surface. Yeah, I got the Surface yeah. 2. Yeah, I got the Surface 2. I got that back in, like, I guess September or August, whenever it came out. And I got to say, I'm I'm a Windows guy. I, I didn't really like the iOS on the laptop. What is What do you feel about that? Honestly, I don't like Windows as much as I do Mac OS. It's just too bogged down and slow. I mean, honestly, there's just too many options, and it crashes too much like older windows used to be a lot better than they were currently but um honestly they've had so many issues with their their releases because it seems like they're not really testing in-house anymore they're just kind of releasing not ready to go firmware and then just letting everyone test it and then find the bugs once it's released the masses which kind of sucks which i'm not really happy with and i've never really liked but i've also
a comparative Windows laptop would be. But I think my laptop, which is, I got it in 2014, so it's now almost six years old. I think it might still even be getting uh, updates, and it's still running just fine. So it is. So that's, something like that is not something you don't get with Windows or other devices. So you're definitely happy with it? I'm definitely happy with it. I, mean, I haven't used it in a while, at least my MacBook. Um, but my phone, I use every day. I have my, uh, my iPad that I was using pretty much every day to take notes. Um, but, yeah. Oh, so in class, or in class, I'm a laptop guy. I, I take my notes on laptop. Like, I don't, I don't even bring a notebook. What are you taking for notes in class? I use, actually, funny enough, I use Microsoft's OneNote. On my iPad. So you uh, do. Take notes. All right. Yeah. So but it's actually the, my computer science class didn't like people having laptops out. So you weren't allowed to have a laptop out at all. Uh -huh. But since the iPad's so small, it looks like it could be paper. I had no issues using it to take notes, which is a nice benefit of something like that. They were the professor was cool with it. How was it a lecture hall? You know, how did it work with the class size? Yeah, it was a lecture hall. I think that was, that class only had about 150 people or so. But I classes up to like 500 people. You five hundred people. Yeah. Oh my god. Where? How, how early did you have to get if you wanted to get a good seat? I mean, honestly, it depends on what class time. Because some people have class like right before. So they wouldn't show up till pretty much as class is starting because there's 10 minutes in between. And Purdue has obviously a big campus since there's 50,000 people there. But that's honestly, nuts. if that... you just showed up three or four minutes before class time, you'd be able to find a seat almost wherever you wanted. Where was the, uh, how would you compare the, uh, the lecture halls to like a 30-person class in high school? What do you like more? Now, Benny, with this whole robotics and, you know, even, you know, this could tie into with the Apple, you know, where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, uh, so I did, as you find out, I was on my robotics, my high school's robotics team for six years, and it's just what I've always loved to do, so I just, it's just always what I've known that I've wanted to do, and i stuck with it. So it's really just been like in you you know like do do you uh is there is there like a uh you know someone that you could like look up to in the field i mean elon musk is doing a lot of stuff like with almost fully automated or not almost but mostly automated factories um producing teslas teslas themselves are pretty cool robotics like with their self-driving features that's all Technically, when it's in self-driving mode, it's a robot. Um, would you Boston Dynamics has some really cool robots that they've been coming out with over the years. Would you like that? Is the goal to uh, own a Tesla? Is that like your favorite car brand? I mean, right now, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, electric car, at least in the U.S. Okay. So, if I was going for an electric car, that's probably what I would be going for. How much do you think those are ranging for right now, price-wise? 
I believe they start in the mid thirties, but once you configure them to what most people use, even the Model Three, which is technically the cheapest, starts around sixty thousand, fifty, sixty thousand. Okay. So once so you add a couple configurations in, and that's without autopilot. And the autopilot is the you know the self driving thing. Yep, and that's about I think seven thousand now. Wow. It's expensive. Yeah. That definitely is up there. You know, I always had this question. If you're running low on gas and you're on the highway, you could stop off at a rest station, uh, a rest area stop, and, you know, there's gas pumps. If you're running low on this uh, this energy fuel, how does that work? So, I know, at least with the Cyber truck, they're going to be coming out with a um, option to get a solar panel on top, at wow. least for the back of the hatch. Okay. So, they'll, they'll probably be recharging as you drive, at least with that one. But right now, they have pretty much gas stations for electric cars. Um, like They're called Tesla Superchargers. And it's that's pretty much just like a gas station where you just go, but you plug your car in, and then you pretty much wait. It's obviously, it's not going to be as fast as gas. Wow. So, yeah, not as fast, obviously. Yeah. How long do you think it's going to take? I don't remember the exact time, but I think it's... It could be over an hour at, for some of them because they have different levels of how fast you can charge. Imagine um, that, waiting an hour. <sighs> yeah. That's insane. So what uh, what are you driving right now? As your, while, while you've been here? I got a Prius. So you're a Prius guy. No, it's, uh, it's just a car that I was able to get. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't mind. I, oh. get, I just drive it when I'm home, so it's not like it's that big of a deal at all. Need to get a new car or anything. But yeah, same. Works, I'm. That's all I need. I'm no car guy at all. Uh, would you consider yourself into cars? I, I'm more into some than others, but I wouldn't really say I'm a car guy. No. That was a question for our boy James. Shout out, uh, shout out, Ulch. I know he listens to this, yeah. but uh, I know he's a big car guy. You've have you seen his Mustang? Yeah. I've not seen it in person, but I've seen photos of it. It's a really nice car. It is a nice car. It ain't, it ain't stick shift, though. No, it's not. Still cool, but it ain't stick. But, uh, you know, Benny, I just wanted to touch on a, a few more things before our time on the podcast tonight. Um, you know, let's talk a little sports, as in, uh, have you been playing any sports, club sports, while over at Purdue? I have not. I mean, I did uh, ultimate frisbee for a couple days, but I just didn't wind up working with what I was doing. The It just wasn't going to work. Times a week. Yeah. So it just didn't wind up working out with my schedule. Before I keep, before I keep it rolling with the sports, uh, explain how you got around campus and off campus with your transportation, because I know and I think it's a great, great idea. What my electric scooter? Yes, the, <laughs> the electric yeah, scooter. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about the that. Electric scooter because well, they have them on campus, but they're a dollar. Per ride plus, I think, 
15 cents a minute or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I wound up getting my own, and I think I have over 500 miles or so on it right now. 500 so, miles? Yeah. My classes were about a mile each way, or half a mile, three quarters of a mile. So it was, my classes were far from my dorm. So to save time, I would, most of the time I would uh, ride over to my classes instead of walking. And honestly, some classes I wouldn't have been on time to if I didn't have the scooter. How fast did that bad boy get up to? Uh, I think it was about 16 miles an hour. You got you got up to six. That's pretty fast. Yeah. How much of this? How much of this cost? I knew exactly where it was, and I could take it at any time. Versus the ones that I already had to run uh, from November till pretty much. When I left camp, it, like, I think they just came back in the first week of March. Wow. Or last week of February. So, between then, I would have had to walk to all my classes. But since I had my own, I was able to use it every day, which was nice. Where'd you buy this off? Was this, was this at, like, a store I, or something? No, I got it off Amazon. We know you're an Amazon guy, right? <laughs> Amazon Prime or regular? Yeah, I think I had it within, like, two days after ordering did you guys have a like an address that you mailed it to the, the campus? Yeah, so all the all the everything that I ordered would pretty much go to my dorms like main room, and then I'd get an email saying, "Hey, you have a package," and then I should go pick it up. I mean, that must have been fun riding around on that scooter. You got any crate? You got yeah. you got you got any uh, fun experience story that you could share quickly with uh, where you rode it? Any, any, like, crazy place that you had to get there in a certain time or anything? Anything fun? I mean, the, so one of the Walmarts was only about two miles off campus. Mm -hmm. um, least, or two miles from my dorm, so I wound up riding my scooter there once. Or maybe twice, but, uh... That's awesome, man. To, to get there, I had to cut through, like, a little wooded area that had, like, a path that was very rocky. That was interesting. Dude, that's but, insane. Instead of walking the two miles or the bus system, like there's a bus system on Purdue uh, on the campus, but honestly, it's really slow. The one time I took it to Walmart, I think it took me half an hour, 35 minutes to get there. Oh, wow. And then like another 45 minutes to an hour to get back. Wow. Um, it was ridiculous, which is why I never used it. You know, right before we got into that little talk of the scooter, you know, we were talking sports. Now, you know, you used to be a ball player. Baseball, you know, you're, I believe, a four-time champion. Only came to two of the championship games, I believe. Where were you for that last championship? Where were you? You were at a... You, I think you were at, like, an Islander game. <laughs> you were somewhere. Yeah, it was, um... It was like... the fall league, it wouldn't... Fall ended in October. No, it was um, it mu maybe we were at like a Yankee game or something like that, or maybe like Brooklyn Nets, cause like you were away somewhere and we had a championship game. It was that game. It was when we were wearing blue jerseys. It was a uh, uh, championship. We hit, we played yeah. three games in a day. I still got the puck from uh, the game that I went to. It was September seventeenth, twenty seventeen. Yeah. So I think it, it probably was, was that. That was too early then. The fall league ended in October. Yeah, it must not have been that. Yeah, but I think this was a tournament. It was Taylor Ryan. It might have been Taylor Ryan. 
I don't remember what the date was, but I remember, but you were there for a couple, you, uh, you know, you were there for our first ever championship when we were like 12, 13 years old, you were on the mound, do you have any recollection of that memory? Yeah, which one? The Glen Kenny, we were in the green jerseys? Yeah. That was the last pitch the last inning, right? You pitched the last inning. See, so you barely remember it. Do you remember? That was, what, that was 2012 or 13? Yeah. Like seven years ago. Do you remember Do you remember pitching that last inning a little bit? Yeah, we were at Barilla. We were at Barilla. Yes, you do remember. We were at Barilla. Yeah. And Benny was on the mound, everybody. And he gets the last guy to strike out swinging. <laughs> And you run over to me at first, man. That was a great time. Man, you also had... Yeah, that was great. Dude, you had every nice bat. Like, you had the Mako. You remember that? Yeah, the Mako and the S1 at one point. Dude, you had the S1? Oh, my God. Dude, but that Mako, you thought it was dead. I mean, well, because it's a composite bat, so you need to leave it in a warm environment. And Mm. it would always get left inside the garage the entire summer. So, that's why I would think. That's why I thought that. The best was every summer when you would, when you would, when when you, every summer, you would bat like 500. You remember that? Like, we would just mark the errors as hits and you would just get on. Dude, you were on a hit streak for for a good amount of time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were getting on some errors, but you bad Dude, great times with that. Definitely, you know, do you have any desire maybe to play, like, club baseball, maybe summer league, stuff like that, or is it just over? If I could find, like, a non-competitive league, I would definitely play. Oh, so you definitely still have that, you know, like, yeah, play for fun type thing. Yeah, no, I would definitely still play. I I definitely miss it, but... I was going to say, do you miss it at all? Yeah, no, I definitely miss playing. But, at least, when I stopped, it wasn't really... It, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I remember. Ready to start applying to college, or not start applying, but go to colleges, like visit. So it wasn't really like something that I really wanted to do. Oh yeah, I, I remember. I remember great times. I remember when you first joined the team. You had. Do you remember that bat? It was that redwood bat. It was so skinny. The barrel. I still have it. Dude, it was like an antique, and you would use that up at the plate. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't even get into this, though. I know, it was great. And then, oh, man, you used to have the beaver bat, the birch. Yeah, the uh, blue one. That, Those that, are both beaver bats. Yeah, they were both beaver bats. And, you know, funny coincidence story, you were number three, and I was number three. And, you know, obviously you were coming on, and I was already there, so you took 33. It was that simple. Just th- why are you number thirty-three? Because hey, thirty was already taken. Yep. It was that simple. Ben, we definitely had some great times playing cyclones throughout yeah. all those years. I mean, we just go on for hours about the great memories. Uh, you know, before I ended up, let me ask you. Uh, you know, you follow sports. If you had to rank from five to one, your top five favorite sport teams. You know, Islanders, Rangers, whatever you want to throw in there. What would it be from five to one? I don't know if I could say 
probably uh, like if we're including all teams. Purdue basketball, maybe, right? Purdue teams are a lot of fun to watch. That's um, good. Yeah. That's got to be great. I mean, personally, I'm not a big NBA guy, so I wasn't really sure that I would like uh, basketball. But honestly, college basketball is so much different. And honestly, I love it. Um, so the Purdue teams are up there. Uh, I, when I watch football, uh, giant Giants guy. But, um, but would you say more Islanders or more Yanks, or you can't really decide? you two questions right before we finish the podcast the first will be out of these three sporting events which one would you rather go to would you rather go to like a national championship crazy atmosphere like that purdue uh versus virginia game times 10 like a basketball game like that would you rather go to a game seven world series for the yanks or a game seven islanders home and this is all front row full atmosphere full throttle which one are you taking Okay. got to be insane dude but definitely that's it i think that's a great question that a lot of people you know they could definitely think about that one but this was the last one right before i'll finish up the podcast last question and it will be if you can i always do this last question for all my uh, podcaster guests if you can meet anybody past or present celebrity non-celebrity it could be anybody and you could just have a 30 minute conversation over lunch with them who would it be and why say thank you for coming on to my podcast brother uh it was great ca- dude it was great catching up with you definitely more in the fir- uh in the future summer will come faster than we know it and uh summer's here for me yeah summer's there for you i know for me uh i still got a couple weeks left over with uh, my college and then of course i'm taking summer classes summer classes uh we'll see how that goes but i'm only taking that because i got to uh some credits got 
messed up when I was transferring, you know? That's like the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I gotta I gotta fix that all uh fix that all up. But Ben, thank you for coming on. And um Yeah, yeah, not a problem. And um hey, tune in uh, again tomorrow for another daily podcast, fifty nine out. And